Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for November 28th, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Okay, there's one new video up on the blog. It is the uh, Women's Battle Royal from last night's episode of SmackDown. And uh, the good news is Asuka is going to be added to the uh, women's title match that will be on um, TLC on December 16th. So let's talk about how that happened because, you know, a lot of fans have been complaining that they've ruined her, the WWE's ruined her and stuff like that, but, you know, you can't ruin somebody that good, you know what I mean? And she, she can get herself over. She doesn't need any help from Vince McMahon, believe me. Well, she needs to, he needs to stop booking her in junk. But anyway, that's another story. So here's what happened. Last night, uh, SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch returned to SmackDown after recovering from a concussion. Now, the plan uh, was for her to defend against Charlotte Flair on TLC December 16th. Now, the storyline is that Charlotte has been handed opportunities, mostly because she is Ric Flair's daughter. Now, that's not only the storyline, it's true. (laughs) I mean, they like her a lot, I guess. Um, I'm not high on her as a wrestler because I think she worries too much about screwing up. And so she screws up a lot. (laughs) But she's been a little better lately. Her promos are still awful. Anyway, so they're talking about this uh, with Paige, the uh, SmackDown uh, GM. And uh, the SmackDown women's locker room, led by Mandy Rose, who is a decent talker, uh, comes out to complain about this. Well, why don't we get an opportunity? You know, that sort of thing. So Paige hears this, and she books a battle royal for later in the show. And the winner of the battle royal uh, is added to the TLC title match, so it becomes a three-way. Now, WWE Battle Royals tend to be kind of blah. Like you saw the one at Evolution, it was kind of, eh, it was just kind of there. It was, you know, there was no heat, there was no nothing, all right? I actually thought this would be a good opportunity to get Asuka back into the title picture, you know, pretty quickly. You know, you don't have to go through a bunch of people, you go through them all at once. And her layout because she does her own, she lays out her own matches. She does, she doesn't, I mean, I'm sure that uh, guys like uh, Fit Finley and, uh, and, uh, and um, um, Sarah Stock help her out, but she doesn't really need their help, you know, because she knows how to, she knows how to do it already. So her match layout is going to be much more interesting than what we would normally see in a WWE Battle Royal. So the first half of the match was pretty much by the numbers and boring. But then it got more interesting when it got down to Asuka, Naomi, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. And I can only assume that Asuka wanted to show that battle royals can be done differently than how the WWE usually does them. And that included a shining wizard on the ring apron. Okay, And I mean, it was executed exactly as she planned it. And Asuka won the battle royal and gets the title shot. And you know, most, a lot of it was on the ring apron, so there's really no margin for error. You know, if she makes one mistake, she hits the floor, she doesn't get, she, you know, she loses that. So, will Asuka win the title? Don't really know the answer to that, but I guess the most important thing is it didn't really take much 
to get her back into the title picture. Okay, and, and that doesn't particularly surprise me because the bottom line is she's a fantastic performer and she is pretty much capable of doing anything that needs to be done. And unlike some of these other girls, she has the ability to get herself over at any given time. Okay, and that's always going to, um, that's always going to be a big thing for her. So we'll see how it goes there. Um, I don't know if she'll win, win the title at that match or not. I have no idea. It's a three-way match. You can never really tell. But, um, I mean, it'll be better than your average three-way just because she's in it. I mean, that's why at SummerSlam they tried to turn it into a four-way by putting her in it, and then they just changed their minds and decided not to put her in it. Uh, because they know that you put her in a match like that, she'll make it better because she's better than everybody. Okay? All right. So you can check out that video on my blog. Uh, like I said, I was very happy to see her win that because I think a lot of people were complaining that, that she uh, wasn't in the title picture and that sort of thing. Now, the crowd still pops for her, so that was never the issue. The issue was they needed the opportunity to get her back into it. And this is the op they, 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 you know, pulled the trigger on that opportunity last night. Okay. Now, I have one UFC fight announcement. Um... Marcel Dorf of MMA DNA reported today and the UFC Russia Twitter account, and I have posted the tweet on my blog, uh, that Twitter account has confirmed that Alexandra Albu versus Emily Whitmire has been added to UFC 233 January 26th at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. And this fight will be at strawweight. Now, believe it or not, Alexandra has been in the UFC since 2013. But she's only 2-0 in the UFC due to a couple of injuries. Now, her record, um, official record, is 3-0, but supposedly she had several fights in um, Thailand where uh, there wasn't enough um, documentation to count them as official matches. So her UFC record, they, they bill her as 7-0, but there were four fights that she supposedly had in Thailand that weren't registered. Now, when she first signed, that was before they started strawweight. She was supposed to be um, a bantamweight, uh, but uh, she got injured, and then she, by the time she came back, you know, they had started strawweight already. So she's, she's really a strawweight. She was never a bantamweight. Okay, so we saw her last in July 2017, and both fighters that she has beaten in the UFC well, they're no longer in the UFC. So she looked good in those fights, but because of her opponents, they were pretty bad. Uh, it's hard to tell uh, how good she really is. One thing about her is she definitely has sex appeal. I mean, she's done some um, uh, modeling in, in Russia. Like, she's 28 years old from Moscow, Russia. And so she's done modeling in Russia. So she's, how shall I put it, very photogenic. <laughs> All right, her opponent here... I don't really think is in a whole lot better is a whole lot better than who she's already beaten. And Emily uh, Whitmire is 27 years old from Hillsborough, Oregon. She trains at Extreme Couture in Las Vegas. Uh, her record is three and two. Uh, Emily was in Tough 26, which was for flyweights, but before that she fought at strawweight. So uh, really, she's a strawweight. And in her last UFC fight, that was um, at strawweight. And she won over Jamie Moyle. Okay, so 
I'm not sure either of them belong in the UFC because the, the fighters they've beaten, none of them are in the UFC anymore. And I don't think this fight will tell us either. I mean, if it turns out to be uh, three rounds of patty cake and a split decision, that tells me nothing, okay? If one of them is dominant, I might get an idea about that, but I'm not sure if either of them belong in the UFC at this point, okay? So that's it for today. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, again, watch the uh, video that I put up uh, a few uh, couple hours ago. And if you have any questions, you can leave a video uh, an audio message on the podcast, and I'll be more than happy to answer any questions. And if you want to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at uh, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Uh, probably be back on Friday with my preview of the uh, Tough uh, 28 finale. Until then, have a good week. Talk to you later. Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for November 29th, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Okay, let's start with... Uh, Tomorrow is the Ultimate Fighter 28 finale at the Pearl at the Palms in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, this will be on uh, Fox Sports 1 in the U.S., and in Canada, it will be on TSN. Now, uh, obviously, they did the Ultimate Fighter show, so uh, we haven't... I only had one women's match announced for the show, but obviously, there are, uh, are matches from the show. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Tough 28 just a bit as far as the uh, women's featherweights are concerned. So, look, my thing all along has been this, okay? There aren't enough featherweights, uh, let me put it this way, enough qualified women at featherweight to have a division. There just aren't. They're not, and there's never going to be enough, okay? You're, you're, first of all, any, any ones that are qualified right now, you've got them split up among, you've got the UFC, you've got uh, uh, Bellator, and you've got Invicta. Invicta's another story. But the point is, there's only a handful that are any good. Most of them are awful, okay? And so... The, the UFC feels that they need to have a division to support Chris Cyborg. But <laughs> they're just looking for fighters to feed to her. I mean, I don't think there's any of these, any of them can beat her. I mean, I suppose you never know, but I wouldn't bet on it. And that includes Amanda Nunez, by the way. But um, when they were doing this, okay, they had the auditions in Vegas, and I went over the auditions. And I came to the conclusion there was something like 27 fighters there, and they needed eight fighters for the show. And after looking at who was there, I came to the conclusion that they were going to have a rough time finding eight fighters for that show. And when they named the cast, that turned out to be correct, okay? Um, problem number one, too many older fighters, okay? Problem number two, too many retreads. Okay, what I mean by retreads is fighters that you know. You've seen them. You know, or I should say, I know, that they aren't any good. 
And you know, and you, you know, you don't think the UFC knows they're not any good? <laughs> of course they do. So I knew that they were going to have problems finding decent fighters for this show. And I, I mean, I watched some of the show, uh, uh, not all of it, but I watched some of the episodes. And most of the fighters who were on the show were not any good. They were terrible. But there were a couple that were good. And, and what I predicted when um, uh, they announced the cast uh, was that the likely winner of the whole thing is going to be Macy Chason. And that's because I saw her in Invicta. Uh, she won an in Invicta, and I thought she looked pretty good. She, she, you know, I mean, her record is 2-0, so she's kind of uh, inexperienced, and normally somebody who hasn't fought a certain number of fights, the UFC isn't going to be that interested in them. But she's a good fighter. She's from New Orleans. She's a good fighter. And... Uh, you know, I think she has potential. I don't think she's ready to challenge Cyborg, but you know, you need more than four fighters in a division, and the pro that's the problem with featherweights is they're going to have a rough time finding uh, enough fighters to make up a division. That's the problem. It's going to be a continual problem. This is not something that's sudden. There have been very few featherweights in the women's division for a long time. It's not improving. Now, Bellator has the same problem, okay? Who have they got after Julia Budd? Nobody. So it's the same problem in the UFC, okay? Now, Invicta is trying to develop them, and they, but they've only really got one decent featherweight there, and that's uh, Felicia Spencer. The rest of them that they've tried have been pretty bad for the most part. Okay, so in the finals, we've got uh, Macy Chason, against uh, Pani Kianzad. Uh, Pani, you should all be familiar with. She's from Europe. She lives now in Sweden. Uh, I don't know if she's moved to the U.S. yet, uh, but uh, her record is 10-3. and three. Uh, Now, she has fought in the past. She has fought, uh, when she started out in Europe, she fought at featherweight, and then when she uh, started fighting uh, in the U.S., uh, she fought at bantamweight. And she wasn't that successful in, uh, in Invicta. She, her record in Invicta was two and three. So she didn't do that well. The general feeling, and I've seen this already, the general feeling is that whether Panny wins or loses this fight, uh, she's going back to bantamweight. I haven't asked her that, so I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, it, it wouldn't shock me. There may be a couple of others there who, who, are, at banta, who are at bantamweight who maybe end up being bantamweight. So, eh, like I said, it looks like they're going to maybe get one half-decent fighter out of it, and that is Macy Chason. So I would expect her to win the fight, because I, I think she's pretty good, actually. Okay, the other, uh, the other fight in the show uh, from the Tough 28 are the two fighters who were in the semifinals. So the other four fighters are goodbye, Okay. And it, that is Leah Letson uh, versus Yulia Stolyarenko. Now, uh, Leah is interesting because she wasn't at the tryouts, eh? Like, she was already signed to the UFC, and she was supposed to uh, have uh, a fight in the UFC, I think, last February, but it never happened. But it never happened. So um, here she is now. She was on the show. 
Eh, she's nothing special. She's 26 years old. Uh, she's from the Midwest. Her four, she has a 4-1 record. Uh, she didn't impress me, okay? Same thing with Ulia. Uh, she's uh, from Lithuania, and uh, she's 4-2-1. That's her record. I saw her, and I didn't like her much, uh, but, um, you know, that's what you're going to get. You're not, you know, you're not going to get good fighters. I mean, that's the bottom line. Okay, now, the other fight that's on this show is in the uh, flyweight division. It is Antonina Shevchenko versus Jiyeon Kim. Now, the original opponent for Antonina in this was supposed to be Ashley Evans-Smith, and Ashley pulled out due, due to injury. Now, Antonina, of course, is the older sister of Valentina Shevchenko, okay? How do you tell them apart? Antonina has dark hair. <laughs> so they travel around together, you know? They train together. Now, like her sister, she's a kickboxer. She has a 6-0 MMA record. But, you know, like her sister, she doesn't really do ground games, do the ground, okay? Now, um, um, she appeared on um, Dana White's uh, Tuesday Night Contender series. And considering that she was facing somebody who was a late replacement and was a crappy fighter, I wasn't overly impressed with her. But, I mean, I figured they'd sign her. I didn't even know why they put her on that show because, you know, they're going to sign her because of who her sister is, okay? You know, and she's attractive too, so that doesn't hurt her. But I don't think she's anything special. Her opponent here, Ji Yeon Kim, is from Korea. Uh, her record is 8-1-2. She's 2-1 in the UFC. And two, her two wins were both by split decision. <laughs> so, yeah, she's basically, she, you know, what you've got here, you've got basically two kickboxers. So, what is this fight going to be? It's going to be a kickboxing match. What do you think? All right? I don't expect a finish here. I don't think either of them can, can punch hard enough to break an egg. So it's going to be the usual thing. It's going to be three rounds of light sparring, you know, playing patty cake and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, you got me who's going to win. I have no idea. Okay, so that's for uh, tomorrow night. Once again, it's on Fox Sports 1 in the U.S. starting at 10. Uh, starting at, actually, it starts at 8 in the U.S., and uh, in Canada, it'll be on TSN. The prelims will be on the Fight Network. Okay. All right. Got a couple uh, of new fight announcements. First from the UFC. Um, yesterday, Combat in Brazil reported that Taylor Santos versus Mara Barella has been added to UFC on ESPN Plus 2, February 2 at Centro de Formacao Olímpica do Nordeste in Fortaleza, Brazil. Excuse my pronunciation. Now, uh, we don't have ESPN Plus here in Canada, so this will air on TSN as usual. Okay, this fight is at flyweight. Now, Talia is 25 years old. Tyla, I keep mispronouncing her name. I almost misspelled it a couple of times. Tyla is 25 years old from Santa Catarina, Brazil. She trains at Astra Fight Team. Her record is 15-0 on the Brazilian regional circuit. Now, most of her wins have been over fighters with very little experience. You're talking about 0-0 or 0-1. You get the idea. Now, in August, she beat Estefani Almeida 
on the Brazilian Dana White Contender Series. Now, I watched that fight. Estefani was probably a little better than her usual competition. But until I see Taylor in the UFC, she's unproven, okay? And, you know, that's, that's the bottom line. Now, Mara is 32 years old from Italy, but she trains at American Top Team in Florida. Her record is 11-5 and 2-no contest. Now, we first saw her beat Milana Dudieva in Invicta, you know, one of the worst fighters I've ever seen. So she's 1-1 one one in the UFC. Now, in her last fight, she lost to Catlin Chukagian in in, when uh, she couldn't figure out Catlin's keep-away strategy. So I really wasn't that impressed with her performance in that fight, and I just don't think either fighter is any good, but you never know. Time will tell. Time will tell. Now, the other fight that was announced was the Orange County Register reported uh, yesterday that Cynthia Calvillo versus Courtney Casey has been added to UFC 233 January 26th at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. Now, this fight is at strawweight. Uh, Cynthia is 31 years old. She trains at Team Alpha Male in Sacramento. Uh, Justin Buckholtz is her coach. He's a former UFC fighter. Her record is 7-1. The good news is she beat Poliana Botello a couple of weeks ago coming off of a drug suspension. The bad news is she didn't make weight. Now, she said it was because she was having her period, but Cynthia needs to make weight this time, or she may have to move up to flyweight. And I see that as a problem for her because she may be, she may be kind of a tweener where she's too small for flyweight and too big for, for strawweight, okay? Courtney is 31 years old from Hawaii. She trains with her husband, Eduardo Sanchez. Her record is eight and six, and she's four and five in the UFC, and she's one and two in split decisions. <laughs> um, she's an okay fighter, but not an elite fighter. She, looking at her uh, level of competition and who she's beaten and who she's lost to and stuff like that, she seems to beat fighters that she should beat, but she loses to fighters that should beat her. And that's not unusual when a fighter has had a, a fairly uh, large body of work, and, and she has, uh, 14 fights is fairly significant, um, you can kind of see what level she is at, okay? So I don't think she's an elite fighter, all right? I think she's an okay fighter, but she has to beat somebody like Cynthia, who probably is an elite fighter, okay? to get over the hump. And I just don't know if Courtney can do that. You know, there's other fighters in the business. The most, the fighter that comes to mind immediately when I think of a fighter who is highly experienced, respected, but at a certain level, and she'll never rise above that level, is the Japanese fighter, Emi Fujino. Emi is highly respected. She's been around a long time. But if you look at her record, she has never beaten anyone who is ranked or considered to be a better fighter than her. And she's always beaten lesser opponents. And that's what I'm talking about, okay? It's not that unusual. There's, it's, there, if you look at, that, that, I kind of look at fighter records that way, uh, you know, when I'm familiar with the fighters and uh, I know uh, where they're at. I know where they're at. So 
I, I would favor uh, uh, Cynthia in this because I think she's a better fighter. Could an upset happen? Listen, anything's possible in this world, but Courtney has never done that, okay? She's never beaten anyone as an underdog, and I don't think she will here either. All right, now this morning, Ryzen held a press conference this morning to announce that Rena and Shinju Eau Claire will return on the December 31st Saitama Super Arena show. Now, after Rena lost the Kana Asakura rematch, she hinted at retirement. So, I mean, I've covered her for a long time, okay? And every time she loses a big match, she teases retirement. <laughs> but I am not surprised that she is not retiring. To me, it seems that MMA is one big dead end for her. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. And shoot boxing isn't something she can build a career around because it's a limited thing. It's a Japan, it's a, it's a Tokyo only thing. You know, they basically do, do the one big show a year with women and that's it. You know, it's, it's not something that's going to travel to the U.S. You know, it's just, it's a hybrid type of fighting sport. She happens to be good at it, but she's not any good at MMA. Now, Rena said on her blog that she went home to Osaka to spend time with her family and, you know, did a lot of thinking and stuff like that. And she decided that she missed being in the gym. So she decided to come back. Now, her loss to Kana showed, to me anyway, that Rena lacks the kind of quickness needed to be a good fighter. That's not easy to fix. You know, you just can't snap your fingers and give somebody more quickness. I don't know how you fix that. So her opponent in this fight is Samantha Jean-Francois. Uh, she is 31 years old from Marseille, France. She has a 3-5 and 1-no contest record but she is pretty. <laughs> so because of the, at this point, Rena's main attribute is sex appeal, her MMA future will be fighting other mediocre fighters who also have sex appeal, right? Now, she also said at the press conference that if Ayaka Hamasaki beats Kana, she won't fight Ayaka because she's her coach. Well, see what I mean about MMA being a dead end for Rena? It's a dead end anyway. She's just not good enough, right? And I know she's very popular. God, God, don't I know it. Yeah, now, on to Shinju Eau Claire. Shinju will return to Ryzen after a year off to face Justina Haba. And this fight will be at Strawway. Shinju is an American of Japanese descent. Her mother is a famous comedian in Japan, so really that makes her a celebrity. She doesn't even have to do anything, right? Now, Shinju is from Michigan, but she has moved to San Francisco to train at Scrap Pack. She also had elbow surgery, which is why we haven't seen her. She's 25 years old with a 2-0 record, but both of her Ryzen wins were over Michigan tomato cans. They were fighters that she knew really well and they weren't very good. So she's unproven. Now, eventually, <laughs> Ryzen will, will want Shinju to face Kanako Murata, who they have loaned to Invicta, and Kanako is gonna be fighting in a couple of weeks. Now, Justina is a Polish kickboxer making her MMA debut. 
She is in the military, and her main experience has mostly been in military kickboxing tournaments. Now, she seems, at least to me, uniquely unqualified even for a Ryzen squash match. So until she fights somebody halfway decent, I don't expect to know whether Shinju is a good fighter or not. But remember, she's a celebrity because of her mom. So that's what's important to Ryzen at this point. Maybe at some point, I mean, if they want her to face, face Kaneko, they have to have her fight some better fighters to see if she's any damn good. You can't just throw her in there against Kaneko without fighting uh, girls who are uh, reasonably experienced, okay? But this girl that they've got fighting her, eh-eh, doesn't cut it. Does, do, doesn't pass the smes, smell test. Okay. All right, that's about it for today. Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, I will return with the podcast on Saturday uh, to review the uh, three fights on the Ultimate Fighter 28 and also to uh, post the videos. So uh, look forward to that. Now, if you want to leave a voice message on my podcast, you can do so. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions you might have. And you can subscribe to the podcast at uh, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and um, iTunes. Uh, again, like I said, be back on Saturday. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you later. Hello, and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for November 29th, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Okay, let's start with... Uh, Tomorrow is the Ultimate Fighter 28 finale at the Pearl at the Palms in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, this will be on uh, Fox Sports 1 in the U.S., and in Canada, it will be on TSN. Now, uh, obviously, they did the Ultimate Fighter show, so uh, we haven't... I only had one women's match announced for the show, but obviously, there are, uh, are matches from the show. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Tough 28 just a bit as far as the uh, women's featherweights are concerned. So, look, my thing all along has been this, okay? There aren't enough featherweights, uh, let me put it this way, enough qualified women at featherweight to have a division. There just aren't. They're not, and there's never going to be enough, okay? You're, you're, first of all, any, any ones that are qualified right now, you've got them split up among, you've got the UFC, you've got uh, uh, Bellator, and you've got Invicta. Invicta's another story. But the point is, there's only a handful that are any good. Most of them are awful, okay? And so... The, the UFC feels that they need to have a division to support Chris Cyborg. But <laughs> they're just looking for fighters to feed to her. I mean, I don't think there's any of these, any of them can beat her. I mean, I suppose you never know, but I wouldn't bet on it. And that includes Amanda Nunez, by the way. But um, when they were doing this, okay, they had the auditions in Vegas. And I went over the auditions 
And I came to the conclusion there was something like 27 fighters there, and they needed eight fighters for the show. And after looking at who was there, I came to the conclusion that they were going to have a rough time finding eight fighters for that show. And when they named the cast, that turned out to be correct, okay? Um, problem number one, too many older fighters, okay? Problem number two, too many retreads, okay? What I mean by retreads is fighters that you know, you've seen them, you know, or I should say, I know, that they aren't any good. And you, know, and you, know, you don't think the UFC knows they're not any good? <laughs> of course they do. So I knew that they were going to have problems finding decent fighters for this show. And I, I mean, I watched some of the show, uh, uh, not all of it, but I watched some of the episodes, and most of the fighters who were on the show were not any good. They were terrible. But there were a couple that were good. And, and what I predicted when um, uh, they announced the cast uh, was that the likely winner of the whole thing is going to be Macy Chason. And that's because I saw her in Invicta. Uh, she won an Invicta. And I thought she looked pretty good. She, she, you know, I mean, her record is 2-0, so she's kind of uh, inexperienced. And normally, somebody who hasn't fought a certain number of fights, the UFC isn't going to be that interested in them. But she's a good fighter. She's from New Orleans. She's a good fighter. And... Uh, you know, I think she has potential. I don't think she's ready to challenge Cyborg, but you know, you need more than four fighters in a division, and the pro that's the problem with featherweights is they're going to have a rough time finding uh, enough fighters to make up a division. That's the problem. It's going to be a continual problem. This is not something that's sudden. There have been very few featherweights in the women's division for a long time. It's not improving. Now, Bellator has the same problem, okay? Who have they got after Julia Budd? Nobody. So it's the same problem in the UFC, okay? Now, Invicta is trying to develop them, and they, but they've only really got one decent featherweight there, and that's uh, Felicia Spencer. The rest of them that they've tried have been pretty bad for the most part. Okay, so in the finals, we've got uh, Macy Chase on against uh, Pani Kianzad. Uh, Pani, you should all be familiar with. She's from Europe. She lives now in Sweden. Uh, I don't know if she's moved to the U.S. yet, uh, but uh, she, her record is 10-3. and three. Uh, Now, she has fought in the past. She has fought, uh, when she started out in Europe, she fought at featherweight, and then when she uh, started fighting uh, in the U.S., uh, she fought at bantamweight. And she wasn't that successful in, uh, in Invicta. She, her record in Invicta was two and three. So she didn't do that well. The general feeling, and I've seen this already, the general feeling is that whether Panny wins or loses this fight, uh, she's going back to bantamweight. I haven't asked her that, so I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, it, it wouldn't shock me. There may be a couple of others there who, who, are, at banta, who are at bantamweight who maybe end up being bantamweight. So, eh, like I said, it looks like they're going to maybe get one half-decent fighter out of it, and that is Macy Chason. So I would expect her to win the fight.
because I, I think she's pretty good actually. Okay, the other uh, f the other fight in the show uh, from the Tough Twenty Eight are the two fighters who were in the semifinals. So the other four fighters are goodbye. Okay, and it, that is Leah Letson uh, versus Yulia Stoliarenko. Now. Uh, Leah is interesting because she wasn't at the tryouts, eh? Like, she was already signed to the UFC, and she was supposed to uh, have uh, a fight in the UFC, I think, last February, but it never happened. But it never happened. So, um, here she is now. She was on the show. Eh, she's nothing special. She's 26 years old. Uh, she's from the Midwest. Her four, she has a 4-1 record. Uh, she didn't impress me, okay? Same thing with Ulia. Uh, she's uh, from Lithuania, and uh, she's 4-2-1. That's a record. I saw her. I didn't like her much, uh, but, um, you know, that's what you're going to get. You're not, you know, you're not going to get good fighters. I mean, that's the bottom line. Okay, now, the other fight that's on this show is in the uh, flyweight division, it is Antonina Shevchenko versus Jiyeon Kim. Now, the original opponent for Antonina in this was supposed to be Ashley Evans-Smith, and Ashley pulled out due, due to injury. Now, Antonina, of course, is the older sister of Valentina Shevchenko. Okay? How do you tell them apart? Antonina has dark hair. <laughs> so they travel around together, you know? They train together. Now, like her sister, she's a kickboxer. She has a 6-0 MMA record. But, you know, like her sister, she doesn't really do ground games, do the ground, okay? Now, um, um, she appeared on um, Dana White's uh, Tuesday Night Contender Series. And considering that she was facing somebody who was a late replacement and was a crappy fighter, I wasn't overly impressed with her. But, I mean, I figured they'd sign her. I didn't even know why they put her on that show because, you know, they're going to sign her because of who her sister is, okay? You know, and she's attractive, too, so that doesn't hurt her. But I don't think she's anything special. Her opponent here, ji Yeon Kim, is from Korea. Uh, her record is 8-1-2. She's 2-1 in the UFC. And two, her two wins were both by split decision. <laughs> so... And she's basically, she, you know, what you've got here, you've got basically two kickboxers. So what is this fight going to be? It's going to be a kickboxing match. What do you think? Right? I don't expect a finish here. I don't think either of them can, can punch hard enough to break an egg. So it's going to be the usual thing. It's going to be three rounds of light sparring, you know, playing patty cake and that sort of thing. And... Uh, you know, you got me who's going to win. I have no idea. Okay, so that's for uh, tomorrow night. Once again, it's on Fox Sports 1 in the U.S. starting at 10. Uh, starting at, actually, it starts at 8 in the U.S. And uh, in Canada, it'll be on TSN. The prelims will be on the Fight Network. Okay. All right, got a couple uh, of new fight announcements. First from the UFC. Um, yesterday, Combat in Brazil reported that Taylor Santos versus Mara Barella has been added to UFC on ESPN Plus 2, February 2 at 
Centro de Formacao Olímpica do Nordeste in Fortaleza, Brazil. Excuse my pronunciation. Now, uh, we don't have ESPN Plus here in Canada, so this will air on TSN as usual. Okay, this fight is at flyweight. Now, Talia is 25 years old. Tyla, I keep mispronouncing her name. I almost misspelled it a couple of times. Tyla is 25 years old from Santa Catarina, Brazil. She trains at Astra Fight Team. Her record is 15-0 on the Brazilian regional circuit. Now, most of her wins have been over fighters with very little experience. You're talking about 0-0 or 0-1. You get the idea. Now, in August, she beat Estefani Almeida on the Brazilian Dana White Contender Series. Now, I watched that fight. Estefani was probably a little better than her usual competition. But until I see Taylor in the UFC, she's unproven. Okay? And... You know, that's, that's the bottom line. Now, Mara is 32 years old from Italy, but she trains at American Top Team in Florida. Her record is 11-5 and 2-0 no contest. Now, we first saw her beat Milana Dudieva in Invicta. You know, one of the worst fighters I've ever seen. So she's 1-1 one one in the UFC. Now, in her last fight, she lost to Catlin Chukagian in her, in, when uh, she couldn't figure out Catlin's keep-away strategy. So I really wasn't that impressed with her performance in that fight. And I just don't think either fighter is any good, but you never know. Time will tell. Time will tell. Now, the other fight that was announced was the Orange County Register reported uh, yesterday that Cynthia Calvillo versus Courtney Casey has been added to UFC 233 January 26th at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. Now, this fight is at strawweight. Uh, Cynthia is 31 years old. She trains at Team Alpha Male in Sacramento. Uh, Justin Buckholtz is her coach. He's a former UFC fighter. Her record is 7-1. The good news is she beat Poliana Botello a couple of weeks ago, coming off of a drug suspension. The bad news is she didn't make weight. Now, she said it was because she was having her period, but Cynthia needs to make weight this time, or she may have to move up to flyweight. And I see that as a problem for her because she may be, she may be kind of a tweener where she's too small for fly, flyweight and too big for, for strawweight, okay? Courtney is 31 years old from Hawaii. She trains with her husband, Eduardo Sanchez. Her record is 8-6, and six, and she's 4-5 and five in the UFC, and she's 1-2 and two in split decisions. <laughs> um, she's an okay fighter, but not an elite fighter. She, looking at her uh, level of competition and who she's beaten and who she's lost to and stuff like that, she seems to beat fighters that she should beat, but she loses to fighters that should beat her. And that's not unusual when a fighter has had a, a fairly uh, large body of work, and she has, uh, 14 fights is fairly significant, um, you can kind of see what level she is at, okay? So I don't think she's an elite fighter, all right? I think she's an okay fighter, but she has to beat somebody like Cynthia, who probably is an elite fighter, okay, to get over the hump. And I just don't know if Courtney can do that. You know, there's other fighters in the business. The most, 
The fighter that comes to mind immediately when I think of a fighter who is highly experienced, respected, but at a certain level, and she'll never rise above that level, is the Japanese fighter, Emi Fujino. Emi is highly respected. She's been around a long time. But if you look at her record, she has never beaten anyone who is ranked or considered to be a better fighter than her. And she's always beaten lesser opponents. And that's what I'm talking about, okay? It's not that unusual. There's, uh, it's, uh, if you look at, that, that, I kind of look at fighter records that way, uh, you know, when I'm familiar with the fighters and uh, I know uh, where they're at. I know where they're at. So I, I would favor uh, uh, Cynthia in this because I think she's a better fighter. Could an upset happen? Listen, anything's possible in this world. But Courtney has never done that, okay? She's never beaten anyone as an underdog. And I don't think she will here either. All right, now this morning, Ryzen held a press conference this morning to announce that Rena and Shinju Eau Claire will return on the December 31st Saitama Super Arena show. Now, after Rena lost the Kana Asakura rematch, she hinted at retirement. So, I mean, I've covered her for a long time, okay? And every time she loses a big match, she teases retirement. <laughs> but I am not surprised that she is not retiring. To me, it seems that MMA is one big dead end for her. I'll get to that in a minute. And shoot boxing isn't something she can build a career around because it's a limited thing. It's a Japan, it's a, it's a Tokyo only thing. You know, they basically do, do the one big show a year with women and that's it. You know, it's, it's not something that's going to travel to the U.S. You know, it's just, it's a hybrid type of fighting sport. She happens to be good at it, but she's not any good at MMA. Now, Rena said on her blog that she went home to Osaka to spend time with her family and, you know, did a lot of thinking and stuff like that. And she decided that she missed being in the gym. So she decided to come back. Now, her loss to Kana showed to me anyway that Rena lacks the kind of quickness needed to be a good fighter. That's not easy to fix. You know, you just can't snap your fingers and give somebody more quickness. I don't know how you fix that. So her opponent in this fight is Samantha Jean-Francois. Uh, she is 31 years old from Marseille, France. She has a 3-5 and 1-no contest record. But she is pretty. <laughs> so because of at this point, Rena's main attribute is sex appeal, her MMA future will be fighting other mediocre fighters who also have sex appeal. Right? Now, she also said at the press conference that if Ayaka Hamasaki beats Kana, she won't fight Ayaka because she's her coach. Well, see what I mean about MMA being a dead end for Rena? It's a dead end anyway. She's just not good enough. Right? And I know she's very popular. God, God, don't I know it. And now, on to Shinju Eau Claire. Shinju will return to Ryzen after a year off to face Justina Haba. And this fight will be at Strawway. Shinju is an American of Japanese descent. 
Her mother is a famous comedian in Japan. So really, that makes her a celebrity. She doesn't even have to do anything, right? Now, Shinju is from Michigan, but she has moved to San Francisco to train at Scrap Pack. She also had elbow surgery, which is why we haven't seen her. She's 25 years old with a 2-0 record, but both of her Ryzen wins were over Michigan tomato cans. They were fighters that she knew really well, and they weren't very good. So she's unproven. Now, eventually, <laughs> Ryzen will, will want Shinju to face Kanako Murata, who they have loaned to Invicta, and Kanako is going to be fighting in a couple of weeks. Now, Justina is a Polish kickboxer making her MMA debut. She is in the military, and her main experiences, experience has mostly been in military kickboxing tournaments. Now, she seems, at least to me, uniquely unqualified, even for a Ryzen squash match. So, until she fights somebody halfway decent, I don't expect to know whether Shinju is a good fighter or not. But remember, she's a celebrity because of her mom. So that's what's important to Ryzen at this point. Maybe at some point, I mean, if they want her to face, face Kaneko, they have to have her fight some better fighters to see if she's any damn good. You can't just throw her in there against Kaneko without fighting uh, girls who are uh, reasonably experienced, okay? But this girl that they've got fighting her, eh -eh, doesn't cut it. Does, do, doesn't pass the smest, smell test. Okay. All right, that's about it for today. Uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Uh, I will return with the podcast on Saturday uh, to review the uh, three fights on the Ultimate Fighter 28 and also to uh, post the videos. So uh, look forward to that. Now, if you want to leave a voice message on my podcast, you can do so. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions you might have. And you can subscribe to the podcast at uh, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and um, iTunes. Uh, again, like I said, be back on Saturday. Have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you later.